0: Good and welcome to 3rd and Short here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. 3rd and Short is your one-stop shop for NFL news and fantasy football analysis. My name is Luke Sweezy and I am joined today, as always, by my co-host Jack Shimanek. How
1: are you today, sir? I'm actually doing a lot better than I thought I would be today. Because I got you this week in fantasy. You absolutely got me pretty bad, honestly. So Even though pretty much everybody on Twitter was like, yeah,
0: Luke's going to to. I do want to shout out our loyal listeners that follow us on Twitter for their vote of confidence in me this week. Because on paper, my team looked pretty good. Yeah. And, and I don't even blame the loss on one particular person. Because no one really underperformed severely. But no one had a huge game. And you had a couple guys go over 20. And yeah. that's what... Ended up putting me away this week, but congratulations on the win, sir. We are now both three and two on yeah. the season clawing our way back up to the top, but you got the win this week. Congratulations. Yeah, it's exciting.
1: Thank you. All right. What are we talking about on the show this week? All right. So this week, we're going to start by looking back at week five and give out some awards for some noteworthy players from the past week. Then we'll take a look at the week six game slate before closing things out. As always, with more fantasy football discussion.
0: And before we get into all of today's topics, let's go over a few important headlines from around the league, starting with the most important news coming out of Las Vegas.
1: Yeah. So on Monday night, John Gruden resigned as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. This resignation comes after the New York Times ran an invest- investigative piece featuring newly uncovered emails he sent over the past 10 years. Those emails contained racist, homophobic and misogynistic statements. In a statement himself, Gruden said, quote, I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction end quote and with gruden out
0: now rich bisaccia is has been named the interim head coach He served as their assistant head coach and special teams coordinator over the past four years but that's the man in charge now i was kind of surprised i thought they would have gone with their defensive coordinator gus bradley who has nfl head coaching experience but bisaccia got the call yeah let's move into some injuries from last week because there are a lot of them
1: Yeah, so up first, we've got Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson injured his finger on Thursday night football and underwent surgery over the weekend. He's expected to miss somewhere between six to eight weeks as a result. Geno Smith will replace Wilson as the starting quarterback. In the meantime, Wilson has never missed a single start since he made his NFL debut in 2012. That's just a really tough break for the Seahawks, who have come out to a slower than expected
0: start, and then now you lose your best player. That's a that's a really tough situation for them to be in right now, especially in a hyper competitive NFC West. Yeah. Up next, Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards. Lair is set to miss at least three weeks with an MCL sprain that he suffered during the third quarter of the Chiefs loss on Sunday night football. He was officially placed on the IR yesterday and honestly uh, sprained. Uh, MCL is kind of a relief considering what it looked like when it happened on the field. It looked like he absolutely tore something. He was having a hard time getting off the field, but I mean, they had to carry him off. Yeah, and, and, and he was ruled out of the game so quickly he, he was with like a knee injury on
1: the turf. It was bad. I thought yeah, it was
0: bad. It looked like a season ender, but he's going to be back pretty soon. So that's not the as bad of news as it could have been. Yep. And looks like Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon are going to be leading the backfield while Clyde rehabs his knee.
1: Yeah, and Clyde wasn't the only Chief to get hurt on Sunday night. Starting left guard Joe Tooney actually ended up fracturing his hand. The injury occurred on the first series, and he played the entire game after the severity and timetable of the injury are really still unknown at this time.
0: And that's another tough break because a lot of problems with the Chiefs right now, but their offensive line, surprisingly, is not one of them. So losing a big piece would be difficult. And then... Up next, we've got Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster dislocated his shoulder this Sunday following an examination and an MRI on Sunday night. The team decided that he is going to undergo surgery, which means that his season is officially over.
1: It's probably the last time we see him in a Steelers uniform, too.
0: Yep. on Came back on a hometown discount, and I expect him to go elsewhere.
1: Yeah. All right. Moving on here to the basically the entire Giants offense. It was a brutal. It was a tough loss to the Cowboys, but uh, that was not the only pain that Giants fans had to stomach on Sunday. Three offensive starters were injured in some capacity against the Cowboys. We'll quickly run through all three of them for you right now. Running back Saquon Barkley, who missed almost all of the 2020 season with a torn ACL, is now out with a sprained ankle. He is likely to miss multiple weeks. Quarterback Daniel Jones suffered a concussion, but was in good spirits after the game. And flew home with the team. If he clears protocol, he will play this Sunday. Lastly, wide receiver Kenny Galladay went out for the game with what doctors are calling a hyperextended knee. I believe he is considered week to week.
0: And up next, the injuries. Just do not stop for the San Francisco 49ers. Rookie quarterback Trey Lance has a sprained knee that could cause him to miss a bit of time. They are on a bye this week, but this is worth watching going forward because he's only expected to miss a week or two. So if he is unable to go after the bye week, Nate Sudfeld is up. Nate <laughs> Sudfeld will likely be elevated from the practice squad to start in week seven against the Colts. And I'm sure there's a lot of people to remember from late last year when the Eagles May have allegedly tanked for a draft. Wait, check. we don't want to speculate. Nate Sudfeld <laughs> was the guy that that Doug Peterson wanted to get a good look at.
1: Yeah. Um, th- this is going to happen when your rookie quarterback runs 20 times in in his first NFL start. Yeah, so they got to be great careful with the situation him. for him to be in. They got to be careful with him. All right. Lastly, before the break, Cardinals star pass rusher Chandler Jones tested positive for COVID-19 yesterday. He is fully vaccinated and will be eligible to return if he can provide two negative tests 24 hours apart. So he could be back as early as Thursday if he's asymptomatic, but there still is a chance the Cardinals are without their defensive anchor in a tough matchup against the Browns rounds this week they
0: need all the help they can get in that matchup to keep the undefeated streak alive and not having Chandler Jones will be a really tough break for them, for sure all right it is time for the first break of the program when we come back we are going to go into our recap of the important moments from week five of the NFL regular season you're listening to third and short here on KCOU Welcome back to Third and Short here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. I'm your host, Luke Sweezy, joined by Jack Shimanek. And this show is dedicated to covering everything related to the National Football League. And it's time to take a look back at what you need to know from week five. And as we go through some of the best games from last weekend, we'll be handing out some awards as we move along. So let's get started here. One of the crazier games we had last week, something we did not expect to be as close as it was Packers at Bengals Packers come away with a win 25 to 22 in overtime.
1: Yeah, this was definitely one of the craziest games of the week. Um, I don't know why but it seemed like nobody could make a kick in this game I mean Mason Crosby who has been historically so reliable missed three straight potentially game-winning field goals yeah I think that was more field goals than he missed all of last season which is crazy
0: yeah there had to have been some sort of crosswind or something because both of them were just missing left and right or just
1: got the yips but something wasn't right and even Evan McPherson who has he's a rookie but he's been really solid uh he was having a tough time making kicks too Mm mm-hmm so tough to watch and then Evan
0: McPherson you said the Bengals kicker he had one that he thought was going in for sure and it it looked like it was and then Mm -hmm. something something picked it and moved it off to the right and he started celebrating before it officially was called good and there's a pretty tough clip to watch of him celebrating and then the moment of realization yeah definitely kind of a heartbreaker there and closer than we expected and i think that The Bengals are really the story here more so than the Packers because no one really thought that Joe Burrow was ready to go toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers, but he was definitely up for the task. Um, The Bengals' offensive line still has a lot of issues, but when Burrow had a clean pocket, 22 of 27. 232 yards and two touchdowns it's very good so burrow's sophomore campaign is looking strong and i think a good reason for that is his old buddy jamar chase who is continuing his um campaign to be offensive rookie of the year and he's just been playing great for sure jamar chase has the most deep receiving yards by a rookie in their first five weeks of the pff era so kind of the 2000s there
1: yeah, and I think uh, you mentioned Jamar Chase. He's been great. The Cincinnati secondary hasn't really gotten enough credit. Uh, I think they've been playing great. Their, their lines on both sides still need a little bit of work, but I think the play of their nose tackle, DJ Reader, has really been something that's anchored this defense and allowed them to contain the run game, yeah. which is why I think they've been able to have success. And then we go to the Packers. They escape with a win. Um, I, I don't have too many doubts about this team moving forward. I no. mean, Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams is still... Just the best connection in the league. Devont, Absolutely
0: electric there.
1: Dude, he had 11 catches for 206 yards, which is a career
0: high. Which is kind of surprising that that's a career high for him because it seems like he posts stat lines like this every other week. But 206 for Devontae, I'm not worried about the Packers at all. And also something notable that happened in this game, Aaron Rodgers moved up to fifth place on the all-time passing touchdown leaderboard. The man directly in front of him in fourth place, Brett Favre. There you go. So we'll see if he knocks him off. All right, our next game we got to talk about here Vikings at Lions. Vikings (laughs) steal a win 19 to 17. Those Detroit Lions cannot catch a break this season. And this is the second, like, really heartbreaking loss for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Lions were literally... I thought this game was over. I mean, the Lions were out of it. They came storming back with, with very little time left. They decided to go for two to win the game instead of going to overtime. And they and they ended up getting it. And I thought that this was finally going to be the week they break through and get a win. But But Greg Joseph,
0: man. Dude, they were playing to win. They get the lead. And then, unfortunately... That was not enough because there was a man on that Vikings team that was ready to win that game for his team. And that's why we need to give out our first award of the week here. We're bringing back the Mr. Freeze award. The Iceman cometh. Man, This one goes out to a man who had ice in his veins when it was all on the line. This week's Mr. Freeze Award goes to Vikings kicker Greg Joseph, who helped his team steal a last-minute win over the Detroit Lions with a 54-yard field goal.
1: Vikings kicker finally made a clutch kick after years of uh, that kind of stigma that Vikings couldn't really buy a break with late-game kicks. Good to see things
0: balance out. They definitely deserve to have some kicks go their way finally. Up next... Probably best game of the week. Browns at Chargers. Chargers could get away with the
1: win. 47 to 42. Wow. Oh, what a game. Oh, my goodness. The Chargers offense is absolutely lethal. They have five to six weapons that are able to make huge impacts on every play. The Mike Williams breakout year is real. He had a 42-yard touchdown and a 72-yard touchdown. Herbert looks fantastic. The sky is the limit with the offense. He had 389 yards and four freaking touchdowns.
0: Unbelievable and it the, you put up 42 points and lose what a what a tough what a tough situation to be in the, the Browns Quibley have done Browns that three
1: red. times yeah
0: they've been I don't think they've been good. They just keep playing in all these close games. I think something you've been talking about a lot is how they really play to the level of their competition. So yeah. they're able to hang with a Chargers team that puts up 47. But also when they played the Texans, they kept that a little bit too close for comfort exactly. for most of the game. So that might be a problem moving forward.
1: Yeah, I think Baker is kind of a middling QB at this point in the season, and he might be holding this team back a little bit from achieving their full potential, but they're still a solid team that should make the playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, Browns are definitely better than they have been in years past still. Last year was a great year, Mm -hmm. but it looks like they're going to be hanging around. That's a playoff team for sure, and I wouldn't be shocked to see these two teams meet again later on this year. Up next, we got the primetime game, Sunday night football Bills at chiefs in which the bills won 38 to 20 and not really a heartbreak here for me because I'd said on the show last week that the bills were going to win. And unsurprisingly they did because the Buffalo bills are the team to beat in the AFC. They have to be. The chiefs did not really even look competitive for large parts of this game. And the Bills got to avenge their playoff loss here in a big spot, and I don't think these issues that the Chiefs have right now are going away anytime soon.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think turnovers have been a huge problem for them. Um, Mahomes has had time to throw, but things really aren't coming together for him. There's an, a very uncharacteristic stat that I saw that this season Patrick Mahomes has fewer completions over 20 yards than Mac Jones. Zach Wilson, Jared Goff, and Taylor Heineke. Not exactly the names that you'd be expecting for Mahomes to
0: be around. That's not really a list of gunslingers by any stretch of the imagination. So it is not a typical Patrick Mahomes season right now. He also threw two picks and lost a fumble on Sunday night. One of those interceptions was because the ball bounced off Tyreek Hill's hands. The other one, though, was on him. He was trying to... Side like side arm one underneath somebody's armpit to get to a guy on the side, and, and he made a nice play, batted it, and yeah. picked it. So that was that was a bad decision there, but hopefully things will get right. But I'm not entirely sure because the offense had some issues, but that's not the biggest. The concern offense is fine. The offense has been really fine. The defense it's though, bad. It's so bad, might be the worst in the NFL. Yeah, and it just keeps getting worse. Listen to this: they are currently ranked 32nd in the league for points allowed 31st for rushing yards allowed 29th in passing yards. Like this is just not a team that can stop anything. Yeah. Granted the bills have just an incredible offense. That's a lot more balanced this year than it was last year. But this, I, who are we going to stop? We couldn't stop the Eagles. We can't stop the bills. I don't, I don't like where we're sitting right now.
1: All that being said, I think the the chiefs are still a lock to finish second in the AFC West
0: yeah, we're better than the Broncos, the Broncos and the, Broncos Raiders, and the are
1: Raiders frauds don't even they have they didn't play anybody and the Raiders lost their head coach and the Broncos haven't looked good so yeah don't worry too much about the Chiefs Chargers are for real that again again Chiefs make the playoffs still yeah
0: we probably lose round one yeah but I think we're looking looking at a wild card spot now okay all right let's move into the next game here Patriots at Texans a lot closer than we thought. Once again, Patriots narrowly escape with the win 25 to 22. And they were lucky to get really? away from Davis Mills. Yeah, for sure. Which is a phrase I was not expecting to say today.
1: I know Davis Mills not only held his own against literally the kryptonite of rookie quarterbacks, Bill Belichick, but he actually played a really great game and deserved a lot of credit for keeping the Texans in that game. I mean, I think he had over 300 passing yards. Yeah. And that's that's. <laughs>
0: Almost a historic performance, basically, against Belichick, who always knows how to make rookie quarterbacks look terrible. Yeah, but Davis Mills has to be good because he was back up to Tyrod Taylor. The prophecy must come true. It's just how Ty- things work. Tyrod's backups have to become quality NFL starters. And I
1: know we've got... An award we've got to give out for this one. Jack, walk us through it. So it's funny that the Patriots ended up beating the Texans because this is the Bill Belichick, you had one job award. And now we're going to give this one out to the Texans punter. And uh, he actually kicked the ball off his own lineman's head that ended up sparking the Patriots' comeback after New England was down 22-9 at one point. Can't make this one up. Yeah, it was really a weird play in which the Texans like it was like fourth and two and they tried to pretend to fake the punt. And then the punter ran back real fast to catch the snap. And he must have been too close to the center because the Patriots defensive line pushed the personal protectors back and he ended up kicking it right off his helmet. Oh, it's a funny clip. You got to go watch it. It's really <laughs> funny. It's really and, funny. And that was really the you got to ca- feel
0: you got to feel for the guy. That
1: was really the catalyst that allowed the Patriots to get back into the game. So if that didn't happen, who knows if the know, Patriots it's even a, a, t-
0: a total fluke play like that ended up deciding the game pretty much, but yeah, what a different story it would be if the Texans ended up winning for sure. All right, let's move into Monday night, a game that made you sweat quite a bit. Colts at Ravens. Ravens come away with a big win. 31 25 in overtime, another overtime primetime win for the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Yeah. Um, I nearly had a heart attack watching this game, man. Um, I'm really proud to say that the Lamar is a glorified running back narrative seems to be dead. And if you are still saying that at this point, then I will not really think, you know, much about the NFL at this point, because Lamar at this point in the season has more passing yards than Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. And he has more rushing yards than running backs Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, and Miles Sanders. That's why we want to give out the Thanos award to Lamar Jackson this week. Fine. I'll do
0: it myself. And do it himself, he did. Lamar Jackson posted a stat line of 87% completion rate, which was the NFL record for a completion percentage in a game with over 400 passing yards. On top of that, four passing touchdowns, 442 passing yards and 62 rushing yards. So, what an incredible individual game performance continuing an incredible season from Lamar Jackson where he's getting it done in the air and silencing all of his critics.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited that he's been able to move the ball through the air. I think that he he might be first or second in an MVP race right now. Josh Allen's the only guy that I might put above him. But the fact that he's been able to do this without Bateman being on the field and Miles Boykin gives me a lot of confidence going forward. I'm more worried about the defense, honestly, than anything else. A a lot of preseason injuries have hindered our performances. And, you know, I'm excited that we're four and one. And um, we'll get into their week six matchup here a little bit later.
0: Now, what do you make of this Colts team?
1: I don't know. I feel like the Colts can be competitive. They really should not have lost this game. They only have one win. I don't know. They they still have a shot to win the AFC South because there's really no one that has a firm grasp on that division. Yeah, that's a real messy division. And right I now. feel like they have enough talent to kind of get things together. It's still Carson Wentz's first year on the Colts. And maybe there's some growing pains there.
0: that's definitely fair. I wasn't expecting them to be too great right out of the gate and things just haven't fallen their way when it mattered a lot this year. And again, losing on a fourth quarter comeback here in prime time is a tough spot, but again, the Colts could win that division. They could. And, and it it might take just a record barely above 500 to do so because everything else is just a disaster. But we will, we will see there. But again, Baltimore Ravens looking great so far. So you got to be excited about that. I for sure am. All right. It is time for another break here on the show. When we come back, we'll be kicking off our week six preview. You're listening to third and short here on KCOU. Back to third and short here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia with Luke Sweezy and Jack Shimonek. We're going to be taking a look at some of the most notable matchups on the week six game slate right now. And something of note, this is the first week where we've got some buys. So this week, the Falcons, Jets, 49ers and Saints are all on a bye week. So, of course... Adjust your fantasy football lineups accordingly. But let's get started with the primetime games here. Up first, Thursday night football, Buccaneers at Eagles. How do you feel about this one, Jack?
1: So, this is an interesting one. Um, I don't really think it's going to be particularly close. The final score might look a little bit better if the Eagles score one or two garbage time touchdowns. The Buccaneers are coming off a huge win over the Dolphins. Um, Playing against the Eagles is personal for Brady, so I'm expecting another great week from him. He ended up throwing five touchdowns last week. Great
0: game last week, and you know that Super Bowl loss is sitting at the front of his mind this week, so they're going to win, and I think he's going to want to win in a dominant fashion, so... I'm expecting a good Buccaneers win here. If you've got any bucks in fantasy, start them. For sure. And the Eagles pulled off the win last week. It was but a good win. Good win over the Panthers, but the passing game I don't think is really there right now. A lot of what ended up getting them the win was stuff that Jalen Hurts was doing on the ground. I think he had two late rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and the fact that Sam Darnold had three picks. Yeah, so that's not going to happen nope. In when you're pl- heading to face off against Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. So... We're both taking the bucks here. I think that's a pretty easy call for us. Yeah. Up next Sunday night football, a matchup that looked a lot better a week ago on paper than it does. Now Seahawks at Steelers primetime Geno Smith versus Ben Roethlisberger. Dude, they could have just flexed this out. They should have. And there's a couple games that I think are fantastic.
1: Yeah. I I mean, it's tough. I'm not, really like super high on either of these teams right now. So it could end up being a close game because they're both kind of just average average quarterback play average defenses I mean the Steelers defense still Steelers defense been. is definitely better than the Seahawks defense. yeah definitely better but they haven't been like the world beaters they were last year no um they were finally able to put up some points last week against a Broncos secondary that I feel is pretty strong so yeah. I would probably take the Steelers to win at home with Geno Smith quarterbacking the Seahawks
0: yeah I'm not ready to trust the Seahawks right now without Russell Wilson in the lineup and like you said They put some points on the Broncos and one of those was like actually a long touchdown from Ben Roethlisberger. So he he pushed the ball down the field in a way that he certainly had not been even close to doing up until that point in the season. So I'm I'm taking the Steelers here to stack another win. Big Najee game, I think, against a bad Seahawks rush defense. Absolutely. Up next, Monday Night Football a game that looked a lot better in the preseason than it does now bills at Titans. And like we talked about in the last block, the bills are playing like they might just be the best team in the league right now. And the Titans have done nothing to impress us.
1: Yeah. They, the Titans may be able to win the AFC South by default, but man, this bill's offense against a bad team. Titans defense that barely has any sort of pass rush is is a very scary matchup for any Titans fan out there. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one, but I, the bills are a total lock here. In my opinion, Bills are
0: a total lock. I mean, they're they're shutting out teams. Yeah. And the Titans are bad enough to be one of those teams that scores under 20 and gets 40 hung on them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm expecting them to really lean on Derrick Henry, um, but it might be hard if they, if they go down early. Yeah. So so we could see Tannehill throw the ball 40 times, which which does not bode well for the Titans offense that may or may not have Julio Jones.
0: Yeah. And Josh Allen, like you said, def- definitely a top MVP candidate right now. And I'm surprised that there hasn't been as much noise being made by Stefan Diggs this year. It seems like other targets on the offense are emerging in more consistent roles Yeah, because we had we had two Emmanuel Sanders touchdowns. You got Dawson Knox making a, a decent impact there. But that Bills team, i don't you pick your poison. Exactly. Because that is the team that I don't want to face again. No, no, no I, no. I just had the pleasure of watching what happens when you go up against the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, another, another primetime game for them. So they got a nice long rest, especially to going from Sunday night to Monday night. For sure. Bills are going to win this one. I'm not questioning that at all. Up next, we got another good Ravens matchup on the books. Chargers at Ravens. I think this is probably game of the week. What are your thoughts heading into this one?
1: I am so terrified to play against this Chargers team because we good, man, we we made Carson Wentz look pretty freaking good last Monday night, and I'm a little afraid that the Chargers are just going to do what they did against the Browns and literally score on every single drive. Um, again, I think this is going to be an exciting game. I have a good friend who's a Chargers fan, so I'm sure if we cannot pull this one out, I'll never hear the end of it. But Herbert is so hot right now that I am just going to – I'm just going to have to pick the Chargers. I can't really see a way that the, the Ravens are pretty lucky to win against the Colts. I mean, we played three quarters of, of pretty average football, and I think the Chargers are just so on fire right now that they will probably be able to find a way to beat us.
0: I just feel like this is a game that the Ravens are going to find a way because they seem to just find a way to win in a lot of these close games. And even if the Chargers might be the better team, I think I think the Ravens are just going to somehow figure it out.
1: I really like that it's at home. I really think that that can give help us a chance. Um, if it was on the road, I would definitely have the Chargers all day. Um, but the Ravens are favored, and you know Vegas knows, so that gives me that also gives me, gives me some confidence for sure.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be too scared, but I I'm excited to watch this game because this is again two of the top young quarterbacks in the league, both team's playing really well right now this is an exciting game and i don't know this this chargers team like we talked about earlier they they really look like something special because it seems like they've always looked pretty good heading into the season for the last few years but it never really translates into the high level of regular season success that so many people would expect based on just looking at the depth chart this team is for real now. Yeah, they are. This is a Chargers team that I'm afraid of. This is not a Chargers team that's going to choke away a bunch of fourth quarter leads like they used to. Yep. So, well, coach Brandon Staley looks like a really great hire, might be one of the best of the offseason based on what we've seen.
1: Coach of the year so candidate. Far.
0: Absolutely, because Justin Herbert is, is who we thought he was after last year. Yeah. His incredible rookie season and production that a lot of people thought wouldn't be sustainable is somehow better. Yeah, more uh, touchdowns going
1: that way. He's crazy.
0: So I'll take I'll take the Ravens. I'll take the Chargers here. We'll see how this one plays out. But I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'll be watching that one closely. Another big matchup here. Cardinals at Browns. Yeah, how do you feel about this one. Now, one thing we do want to mention here is over the break, we had some breaking news that Cardinals center Rodney Hudson has been ruled out for this week with a rib injury. So that's another factor to consider in a very Competitive and close game.
1: Yeah, that was that was an injury he sustained against the 49ers last week. Um, again, Chandler Jones being able to play, I think, is one of the X factors for the Cardinals' success in this game. If that defense cannot generate a consistent pass rush against, I would argue, the best offensive line in the league. I don't really know. I'm not sure if Jedrick Wills is going to play, but that's another thing to monitor. If, mm-hmm. if Baker doesn't have his big left tackle there, then they might be able to get more pressure on him. But... If if the Cardinals can't get a pass rush, they'll they're gonna get burnt on the back end because they have a very young and inexperienced secondary that's kind of been playing above where I thought they would right now. So we For might sure. see them regress a little bit back to, to the average. There's no way this one's not
0: really close. Yeah, I feel like it has to be. Who who do we think wins this one? Because it seems like the Chargers the the excuse me, the Cardinals, yeah, undefeated. Mm-hmm. At some point it's gotta end. Yeah, it will. And this is this is a tough matchup for him. Does the momentum roll on or is this the end of the line?
1: I know a lot of people are not sold on the Cardinals at all. And personally, I'm a humongous Kyler Murray fan. So maybe I'm a bit biased, but he's looked somewhat human these past two games. He hasn't had crazy fantasy games like we're we're accustomed to. And I think he's going to have to turn it all the way back up to beat a Browns team that's searching for a signature win. Um, I still think the Cardinals are going to win. It's tough for me to pick against undefeated team. I think one uh, another matchup to watch will be Stefanski versus Kingsbury. We'll see who outcoaches the other. Yeah. And it's tough because the Browns, I think, should have a better
0: record than they do based on their play this year. Yeah, it's just it, it's just been a slightly underwhelming year, but they're going to hang tight with the Cardinals. But th- there's no question about that. They definitely should. I'll take the Cardinals though. I'll, I'll I'll go with you on this one. I think the Cardinals are going to continue on with their success here, and Kyler Murray should. I don't, I don't even want to call it a bounce back game, but he should just play better. Yeah, and put put up some bigger numbers. So for sure. Well, another game we got to talk about here: the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Washington Football Team, and this is something that I feel like I got really wrong in the off in that the, <laughs> the Washington Football Team is just not who they were last year no not at all they were able to win the nfc east last year by winning the turnover differential playing conservatively on offense and then holding it down on the defensive line and that team is letting up so
1: many points right now yeah and the quarterback play to offenses that aren't great yeah like saints um who'd they play falcons Uh uh-huh like a lot
0: of points. Too. They let Jameis put up a pair of really long touchdowns against them last week. Yeah. So this is not a, t- a team that has a defense that can hang around. And the Chiefs offense is still good.
1: Yeah, this is a this is a game. The Chiefs are still a good team. I know they're two and three. People are going to overreact to some of the losses they've had against good teams. But th- this is a game that the Chiefs will win. They, they're going to bounce back. They're still a good team. I would, I would, I would lock the chiefs in this week for sure.
0: How do you feel about the play of Taylor Heineke so far this season in relief of Ryan Fitzpatrick?
1: Heineke has been good for making big plays, uh, and his ability to run and kind of improvise on plays that break down. Um, but he also throws some head scratching interceptions. Obviously he's not one of the best quarterbacks in the league or he would have already been starting and not backing up Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah so I think sometimes he puts them in great situations but he can also really throw some interceptions that put them in bad situations and we all just kind of expected that he there was some promise with Taylor Heineke
0: after his playoff performance against the Buccaneers Yeah. and it's been a bit of a roller coaster for him so far this season and I think this team with Fitz he would have been so much fun I know it's 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 really tough because this was a really good situation for Ryan Fitzpatrick after being the relief pitcher basically over in Miami for a little yeah. while. And I was excited for that. And unfortunately that was taken away from us due to injury. And now we have the, the Taylor Heineke experience. Yeah. And the chiefs, Chiefs taking the win here.
1: If the football team wants any chance to win, they need to lean on the ground game with, with McKissick and Gibson and really run the football.
0: They'll, they'll put up points. Yeah, they will. It'll be a pretty high scoring game but I the, the Chiefs are going to be able to win this one. Put us at 500. How about that? Lock it in. Lock it up. All right, it is time for one last break here on the show and when we come back, going to be wrapping things up by talking about what you need to know for your fantasy football teams this week. We'll be right back. You're listening to Third and Short here on KCOU. Welcome back to the final block of third and short here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. I'm your host, Luke Sweezy, joined by Jack Shimonek. And in the last block of the show, always going to be talking about fantasy football. So. If you got a tough start sit decision for the week or a question, you can tweet us at third and short KCOU and we will try to answer your question on the show. If we don't get to it, we'll hit you up afterwards. But just make sure to please include your player names and scoring format. And we will start things off with the questions that we got up first. Danny asks Should I trust Chase Edmonds despite the shoulder injury or should I go with a healthier option like Leonard Fournette?
1: So if you're looking for safety, I think Fournette is the option here. I think the Bucs are going to be up on the Eagles for most of the game. The Eagles for a while had a pretty underrated rush defense, but they lost Brandon Graham on their defensive line loss. It's it's just not the same type of running defense that we've seen. Edmonds has really been able to he's been unable to make a true fantasy impact with the lack of touchdowns. Shout out to James Conner for that. I wouldn't worry about the Edmonds injury too much because he doesn't actually carry an injury designation at this point in the week. So keep an eye on it. But, um, you know, in a game where there's going to be a lot of points, Edmonds might uh, catch a lot of passes, but I still think Lenny is yeah. the, the move here.
0: Touchdown upside is capped for Chase Edmonds. And then with Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones is not a factor in this offense whatsoever. No. At this point, Leonard's and looks really
1: good. His vision has improved a lot from, yeah, from last year. He
0: looks really good. Is receiving is not that great still. But they still throw him the ball. They still they, they still give him the opportunity. So And, and Gio is obviously there, too, to pick the, some passes. The new number seven in the backfield, which I'm still not used to seeing him <laughs> as seven. It's just a weird running back it's number. Weird. Yeah, it is. But he's been surprisingly consistent. So I would roll with Leonard Fournette here. Yeah. Playoff Lenny should be a nice, nice play this week. Yeah. All right. Up next, Carl asks us to pick one. Miles Sanders, Latavius Murray, or Daryl
1: Williams. This one's uh, this one's actually kind of tough. I thought about this one for a little while. Here's how I would rank them. I would rank them Latavius Murray, Daryl Williams, and then Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders right now cannot be started against a really tough Bucks run defense. The Buccaneers yep. have the best front seven in all of football. Bench any running back against the Buccaneers. Right yeah. Now. At this point that's that's basically where we're at. Um, Miles Sanders has been so
0: underwhelming this he, year, especially considering where you would have had to have drafted him at yeah. to be your RB2. Just a really disappointing season.
1: The workload's not even there, so but between the workload and the tough matchup, I'm I'm staying away. I think Latavius Murray is the RB one for the Ravens while there's still a lot of, uh, questions in that backfield. And then Daryl Williams is, is a, is a decent option, but we really don't know what his role is going to be. We could totally see a committee there in Kansas city. Um, but yeah, I I think that we see a little bit more of Kenneth Gainwell uh, when the Eagles are down against the Buccaneers,
0: I'll agree with you there. I think that Tavius Murray is probably going to be the start there. I'm not comfortable with miles Sanders right now. Yeah. All right. Up next, Connor asks, is Devontae Booker worth the start over Jamar Chase? Of course, Devontae Booker is now in line to lead the backfield of the New York Giants. But Jamar Chase has been on fire, and I think that Jamar Chase is a must start at this point in the season. How do you feel?
1: Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, While Booker will definitely have a big role in the offense the uh, the Giants have the Rams this week now the Rams do not have a great rush defense, but I feel like Devontae Booker is going to be a negative game script. I really don't know who's behind him to like catch passes or be the personal protector for either Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon, depending on who plays. But Jamar Chase plays the Lions. There's probably going to be a lot of points scored. You can't bench Jamar Chase at this point. I mean, I have Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, and I'm probably going to start both of them this week, which is a little terrifying. A Bengals stack. I have a lot of confidence in Jamar Chase. He's got to be started over. I, I do too, Bunker. man.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Jamar chase this week. Yeah. Up next, Tucker asks us if Christian McCaffrey does not play, would you play
1: Zach Moss, Marvin Jones, or T Higgins? So real quick, uh, Christian McCaffrey will probably know more after Wednesday's practice. So keep an eye on the news that we see later this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, about his status. Zach Moss, I think, is definitely the number one option, but T. Higgins is a close second. At this point, I really can't trust Marvin Jones or any Jags receiver because they've no. been very hard to predict this year. I mean, well, LaVisca Chennault had one catch, and Marvin Jones had like 3.5 fantasy points. So I really don't know where their offense is coming from. James Robinson has started to get a lot of carries, and Zach Moss has been really consistent. I feel like he's been, I don't know if he's outsnapped Singletary, but he's definitely played better than Singletary. He's he's caught passes and he's on an amazing offense with amazing touchdown upside.
0: And he's been involved in the receiving game quite a bit. So I like Zach Moss there, man. I Marvin Jones started the season really strong. He did getting like double digit targets. And he was a,
1: he was a great value pick in in redraft this year.
0: Yeah. To quote uh, Walter from the big Lebowski, Urban Meyer is out of his element. He's out of his element. He's absolutely out of his element right now. For sure. And, did did you see the comment about how he was asked about James Robinson's like snap share going in half after a really productive first half, and then he said Urban said that he didn't realize that had happened. I don't He's know. just unaware of what is going on out there. So yeah, fade Marvin Jones, fire it up with Zach Moss this week. That's the that's the verdict here on third and short. All right, and then up next, Zach asks us due to the injury to Russell Wilson. Would you rather pick up and start Ryan Tannehill against the Bills or
1: Carson Wentz versus the Texans? This is tough. Um, I don't think I don't think either player is really a bad option. The Bills defense has been has been pretty good this season, but I would still want to lean Ryan Tannehill he has rushing touchdown upside that Wentz does not have I'm expecting Tannehill to be in a more favorable game script as the Titans will probably playing from behind against the Bills whereas the Colts will probably want to run the ball like 30 35 times against a bad Texans defense I don't think both guys are really bad plays but you kind of want that upside at the quarterback position and I think Ryan Tannehill gives you more opportunity for that I'm with you I trust Tannehill more right now yeah, even though his projection on ESPN is like 15.4 and Wentz probably has a little bit more, I just think like Tannehill will probably return value if the Titans are down by 21 and he throws you a couple bombs to A.J. Brown after the game is pretty much decided. Yep, I'm with you. And man, A.J. Brown's due to have a little bounce back here. Just everybody calm down on A.J. Brown. He's going to get his.
0: All you need is just a little patience there with A.J. Brown. Up next, Bryce asks us, Who to start here between Marquise Hollywood Brown versus the Chargers or Tyler Lockett versus the Steelers? I think this answer is easier now given the injury to Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah, I mean, even with the injury to Russell Wilson. I might still lean Hollywood Brown. I mean, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both are going to take a huge hit because Russell Wilson is the best deep ball thrower in the league. Um, we'll see what Lockett's target share is like with Geno at the helm, but Hollywood Brown has been great. I think he's he's probably the second favorite target of Lamar this season after Mark Andrews. And Hollywood Brown, he's been catching the ball better. He looks He's, he's very fast. He's always been an elusive type of guy, but he's been putting up legit wide receiver one numbers, and I think it's really hard to bench him at this point in the season.
0: Real surprising season out of Hollywood Brown so far. And I think you've definitely got to start him here in a pretty decent matchup. Yeah. All right. So I think we have some questions for each other. Yeah. Why not? Let's because do it. Because we're not playing each other this week. So let's get some advice. Jack, who do I start here? Zach Moss versus the Titans or Tim Patrick versus the Raiders? Who's going in my flex? Because I'm not sure. I've been sticking with Zach Moss.
1: He's got a pretty safe floor, but. Tim Patrick is enticing. This one's so tough. Um, I really don't see a way in which you can bench Zach Moss against a bad Titans defense, uh, especially if since they're probably going to be up in the third and the fourth quarter and want to run the ball a little bit more. Um, Tim Patrick has been an exciting player, but I, I think he really only merits flex consideration at this point in, in lineups where Zach Moss can legitimately be an RB2. So I would definitely go Zach Moss here over Tim Patrick especially in a weird Broncos Raiders game that I cannot predict whatsoever.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I no I, idea. I like I like the matchup there and Zach Moss hasn't disappointed me yet, so I think, I think I'll think i stick with Moss in my flex. I think you should.
1: All right. All right. So my question for you is I, I'm going to assume that Christian McCaffrey plays right now. So in that case, I would have to decide between Antonio Gibson against the Chiefs or Amari Cooper against the Patriots in full PPR. I also do have Antonio Brown, Sterling Shepard and Hunter Renfro on the bench. There's just something about this Cowboys-Patriots matchup that I don't feel great about. It scares me. I don't know why. Like, the Patriots really haven't given up many points to receivers all season. Yeah. And they're not a good team, really. Yeah, and they They're losing a lot of
0: games, but— Yeah. The the target share on the Cowboys right now is just weird. It's really weird. I have not figured it out yet. It seems to change week to week, and I trust— that Antonio Gibson is going to be in position to score. I feel like he's got to score quite a bit against the chiefs and that's just better matchup, get the running back for more security
1: instead of a wide receiver and an offense that has so many targets. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that concerns me is that the chiefs are going to go up early and the football team is going to have to put in McKissick if they want to throw. Yeah, so I mean that concerns me with just how often Antonio Gibson is on the field But I I think I do like his matchup against a really bad Chiefs run defense
0: You got to go Gibson and McKissick hasn't been as involved in the passing game as he was earlier in the season Yeah, so I think that's a pretty good matchup that I would be fine going with and Especially considering where you drafted him at. I think Gibson's probably the play here for sure all right, um, real quick here. We want to talk a bit about the implications of these injuries we've been talking about so much in the last hour and what that is going to do to the stock of other players. So up first, um, really, it's what what players are going to have their stock decrease as a result of the injuries around them. Who are some names you want to throw out there? So...
1: um There's actually so I have I have Debo Samuel on this list, but I really want to lump the 49ers, the Giants and the Raiders all together. So the 49ers have uh, no consistency at the quarterback position. So I think guys like I, and and Debo are not viable. And I wouldn't really want to start any of their running backs. Giants receivers also with the injury to Daniel Jones and Raiders skill position players because John Gruden is their play caller and he's gone now. Yeah, I would be. Cautious, cautious with your Raiders this week and see
0: how that new offense is going to look with a new coach and new play caller. So I agree with all those there. And then last, I want to throw out two names of players whose stock is going to rise because of an injury to another player. Obviously, number one here is Devontae Booker taking over the backfield for the New York Giants. And then also Deontay Johnson, who I assume is probably already in a lot of your lineups. Mm -hmm. But I think that he is officially in started and forget it territory after the injury to Juju Smith Schuster.
1: And that is going to do it for us today, folks. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into Third and Short this afternoon here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. If you would like to keep up with everything going on with the show, you can go and follow our Twitter at Third and Short KCOU. And as
0: always, we hope you tune in again this time next week. Best of luck to your teams, both in real life and in fantasy. Have a great week and we'll see you next Wednesday.